Welcome to the Real Estate Entrepreneurs Podcast. Real people doing real deals in real estate and no fake gurus allowed. We bring you the best and the most real real estate investors in the space. They'll be showing you the good, the bad, and the ugly of real estate investing. Like, share, subscribe, get notified. It's the Real Estate Entrepreneurs Podcast. Welcome to the Real Estate Entrepreneurs Podcast. Today, we have a sponsor, actually, our friends, uh, Carlos, Sal, and Alex allowed us the, uh, get, uh, allowed me the honor to interview them in their own studio in Phoenix, Arizona. Beautiful studio, by the way. If you guys are in, in Phoenix at any time, I don't know if I can invite an, uh, uh, I can extend an invitation, <laughs> but you guys gotta go check, uh, gotta come check out this building. Uh, it is a beautiful building. They they run their, all their operations from here and they have a beautiful studio. So Al, Sal, thank you so much for, uh, for this opportunity. To, thank you for having me on your show. To interview you, man, and, 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 and get to know you more on a personal level. Um, you know, a, a lot of the guys that come on the show, they, you know, oh, most of them are real estate investors, right? And, and most of them have some level of success. Mm-hmm. Um, but I like people to get to know the real Sal. Like, who is Sal? Where do you come from? And I know exactly where you're from and all that, but I, I, I want these guys to learn where you're from, like Absolutely. your upbringings. Um, were you always rich? Oh heck no! <laughs> I was I was poor as heck. Uh, I actually I'm actually a Catholic from Iraq. Yep. I, I'm a refugee uh, in the United States. So um, I came in here when I was 15 years old, barely any English. I knew nothing about the country. All I thought is like America is like money grows on trees. It's, it's a safety, and that's it. So none of that was in my right. in my head, like a, running a business here or being a businessman in America or anything to do in America. We actually ran away from persecution, so we had to we had to flee. My dad got shot a couple of times. Me and my brother almost got almost got kidnapped a few times. Wow. So our our house actually when we left was full of bullet holes. Wow. So uh, so it, it was like a lot of rough times. I really don't like to talk about it, but you know, we escaped, uh, escaped death what many, many times. This? I, I entered the United States in 2006. 2006. Yes. Wow. Yeah. So that's crazy. That's, that's not even, that's 15 years ago. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, that is 15 years ago. Wow. Yeah. That's when I entered the United States and everything. We just ran away yep. from there. We had to get a, we'll get away from there or we're going to die. I, like, if I stayed there, I guarantee you we, we would not, we would have been dead. Wow. My entire family would have been dead. And and you were what fifteen? You said when you guys left, or um, I was fifteen years old. Correct. So, so you came here to high school right away. I, I came here to high school how, right away to high school. How was that that cultural shock like? For, because I'm Catholic as well. Yes. And I was raised in Catholic school. Yes. And schools here are a lot different, especially high schools, and uh, you see things that you're like, "Who?" Like, oh, absolutely, you know? everything looks completely different. Like, I, I'm back home. My school was boys one side and the girls one side. Like, there's they don't mix. Yeah. Like, there's different schools. It's not even one side. Seg- segregated. Yeah, segregated. I, exactly. So, it was it was completely different. The, the the culture barrier was was huge, especially me being young. I guess 
I wish I came younger. I wish I came. I wish I would have came when I was. 10 years old, nine right. years old. Right. Um, but I was still younger than my parents. Right. And I was able to adapt and learn. And, and that, that alone probably helped me to adapt a lot faster and, and do what I can do on top of it is my X factors just running away from death multiple times and dealing with like hardship of life is, is not the same in the United States out, no, outside no, the United no. States, like power, electricity. I was just telling somebody that running water, running water, electricity. Like I remember that, you know, being 140 some degree in Iraq gets hot and at nighttime and then the, the power turns off because we would have four hours a day of power. The rest are generators or no power at all and I have to go switch breakers and walk out with a gun yeah. being like 10 years old right. or 12 years old like w literally walk out because they, the people would take the advantage and run inside the house when you open the door they know that like the time of the day that people wow. would do that you're like going to switch the breakers right so I literally at, at a very young age I would do these things right so like struggle of life now now I'm spoiled of like, course I would love to live the, 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 the way of life that so I'm spoiled nowadays that's what I feel of like. Course. Like literally life has spoiled me here. So I'm like, I, w I always want to remember where I came from. Right. And that's why I tell people, I'm like, you don't even know how bad you can have it. So be thankful. Yeah. Yeah. I, I um, so I went to Africa once, mm -hmm. about, not once, quite a few times. I used to be in the oil and gas business. And I went to this uh, country, it's an island called Malabo, which is of mm -hmm. Equatorial Guinea. Mm -hmm. It's Central Africa. You know, it's West Africa, but it's still Central. Mm -hmm. And, um, it was a. I was shocked to get out of the airport. Well, number one, you get to the airport, and you're getting hustled by everybody. <laughs> everybody wants your a piece of your money, right? So, yeah. and they did training on us. They said, "Hey guys, as soon as you guys land in the airport, don't be wearing any watches, don't be wearing any jewelry, don't bring any sneakers. Uh, you know, like things that they can take away from you. Don't nothing, none of that stuff. Mm -hmm. And as soon as we leave the airport." There were kids on the side of the streets drinking water from, from like standing water that was on the side of the streets. Uh, yeah. And I was like, "Ooh, what is that?" Like, I've never seen this in my life, and I've yeah. been around the world. Yeah. But for the first time, I see kids just trying to scoop off water with their mouth that's just been sitting there for who knows how long, right? Yeah, you don't even know how dirty it is. Right. You don't. You have no idea. So, you know, I start working there, and our workers. Every Tuesdays and Thursdays, we will fill up tow tanks. Tow, mm -hmm. A tow tank is like a like a clear uh, plastic tank mm -hmm. for moving um, hydraulics, mm -hmm. right? But then you clean it all up. You make sure you rinse it and everything is clean. You fill it up with water because we had a water well, mm -hmm. and we'll go to their villages and give them water. Mm -hmm. They didn't have running water. Yeah. No running water. This is how these people lived. Yeah. And I remember giving them water. Now they gave us a lot of beer because there was a tray. We gave them water, <laughs> they gave us beer. But I remember this little girl. She must have been, I don't know, 17, 16 years old. Mm -hmm. And as soon as they see us pull in, they got this this all these, you know, jugs. They're bringing yeah. jugs so we can fill them up. And as she's getting closer, I'm looking at the tank, and this thing is almost dead, right? By the time she gets to me, I have no water. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I'm sorry, I'm out of water. This, I'm trying to tilt it to get the last drops. And tears are coming down her face. Mm. Man, I got to go sh bathe again in, on, on the beach, you know, on salt water. Mm. And I said, I'm so sorry. You know, I'll make sure next Thursday when I come back, 
you're the first one to get water. But that's when I realized how spoiled we are. Mm-hmm. Even where, where I grew up in Venezuela, where we had everything. Um, now it's kind of like Iraq, although yeah. we don't we didn't we don't have the problems with the bullets and yeah. you know. Uh, but there's no power. There's all kinds of things going on. But at that time, I said every person in the world should come to Africa at least once. See what this, what what goes on. I mean, I'm pretty sure there are places in Iraq that are like that too where there's a deficiency of services and um so people can appreciate what it is that they have in the countries that they live like 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 us here yeah obviously we're being we're conditioned for for living good and even that like you know we always want to do better and that's what happens that we got so spoiled that we don't see how good we have it right and it's it's not not to talk bad about anybody but that's just the natural course of of human nature that we just don't rem- have to remember the bad days because yeah. we have so many good days right you, when, when you have bad days you're like oh my god like now yesterday was bad today i have a good day right. so th- i'm thankful for today is good but then you do you have a hundred days of good days you forget that you know you had a bad day and any one bad day that comes your way you're like oh my god this is a disaster so we get become conditioned with living always and in, in feeling good and it doesn't it doesn't and you don't even have to go that far into going into a bad country you go to europe on vacations <laughs> you appreciate parking lots oh my god like try to park like if you rent a car in italy or you know try to park somewhere it's it is a, it is a freaking science fair project you know <laughs> uh and, and then the parking lots they build them down these like yeah. seven stories down right so i would tell my wife is like i am so happy that we live in the united states because everywhere we go we just pull in we're good except and, california stuff to well, work in california maybe new york but california new york is you know but you know i get it i get what you're saying i went to sweden and man that was tough yeah that was really bad parking is definitely a science there it is a science for yeah. a project so all right man so you you came in here you went to high school cultural shock uh, saw things in that high school that probably didn't even think you were going to see in Iraq. Yeah. Um, but then what do you do after that? Like once you graduated? Well, so uh, I come from, uh, my dad is a really hard worker. Like that's that's where I get my work ethics from. And back home in Iraq, my dad worked with the U.S. military. Okay. Like he was, he, my dad used to work on ca- fixing cars, like the, the modules of cars, like the computer components. Yeah. He had a small shop. Yeah, they don't replace the modules, no, they fix them. The, we, we, there's no spare yeah. parts, right? So you just fix them. But, and then my dad had a contract with the, with the company that worked with the U.S. military, so he was maintaining the generators in the U.S. military bases. So I was helping him. I was sending invoices. Like, I just learned as much as I can at a really young age. And he would buy these big jugs of oil. I would empty them and put them in smaller jugs of oil so they can go and lift, put them in the the van, and, like, just help as much as I can. So when I came to the United States, my parents really wanted me to study. Like, studying is a big deal for them and graduating. That's what most people outside the, the country, they want their kids to be engineers or doctors. That's like a thing. And um, so I, I went to high school. And um, as soon as I, I we, we financially failed. I saw my dad lose 70 some pounds in under two months. Wow. I saw my dad cry for the second time in my life. Wow. Uh, the first time I, my uncle died, he died, he cried. And my dad was crying because he failed financially. He felt like he failed 
the family. Like he, you know, it's a culture shock. No, no, he doesn't no. know what to do. He tried everything. Yeah, and as a man, you you have failed to provide for your family, right? So yeah, yeah, he felt like he couldn't. He tried, and he really tried. He tried everything. I'm telling, you, like he he went to zero. He went to school to study for air conditioning repairs. Uh, he would work a graveyard shift uh, for the repairing. Wow. Like he did the most, but he just couldn't couldn't. Especially in that around that time, you know, the economy was failing. Seven, eight, nine. Yeah, yeah the economy was, was failing. Yeah, he was. It was just bad timing. Yeah, yeah, it was super. Imagine, yeah. like, so you're coming new here, and you like you you're losing everything, and you don't know what to do. And right. And so I just this I saw my dad cry, and that was the. I still remember the place in my parents' house. That was the place that I decided that no matter what happens, I'm gonna make sure my family's taken care of. Right. That like I remember that day vividly. Wow. That was the day I went to look everywhere for jobs. I'm, I'm talking about like, and I did zero hour school. I go before school starts so I can leave early. I work every odd job you can think about. I worked at laundromats. I did AC. I worked as an AC technician. I worked as a plumber. I, I would knock on doors to, to, to at golf course uh, houses be, that, that the backyard faces golf courses so I can scrape their fences and paint them. Wow. I would get half of a deposit, go buy material and do that. Do it. And it would be cheap. It was like a couple hundred dollars. Right. So that was like, and I did all those at once. Like when I, when I, my, a friend, like my parents, friends, the, they, he owns a, a AC company. I'm his helper when he needs me. Right. I go do plumbing when, when, when I tell people I do plumbing, I just go fix their plumbing or whatever. And then when on spare time, I go do the, the, the painting fences and, uh, I've done even moving actually to think about, I've done everything you can think wow. about just so I can make sure that I can provide. And then I graduate high school. The graduate from my high school, I go to San Diego for a 4th of July um, holiday. And mind you, I'm doing all these things and I'm working at a laundromat. And I go to this house pool party uh, my cousin takes me to and then I meet somebody there and then there was this, this, this lady I was talking to me and she was like really impressed with me for some reason. She calls my cousin after I, I go home in, in San Diego, still in San Diego. She's like, hey, there's this program called Rotations. You work with the U.S. military. Does, you know, there's a vacancy and, uh, and is your cousin interested in doing that? I had heard about something like this. So I'm like, yes, I'll take it. I, I pick up the phone, call my, uh, my boss at a laundromat. I say, hey, I'm, I'm not coming back Monday. Because uh, I'm going, I'm getting this job. However, I have two candidates, my high school friends, two yeah. sisters. They wanted a job, and so I hired them as a replacement of me. Mind you, I didn't give them two weeks' notice. That was, I, I don't, that was good. You didn't leave them hanging. I didn't. I don't feel one bit bad about it because yeah. I was getting like six fifty an hour, or something, yeah, yeah. like something. It, it, and it was, was hard work too. <laughs> yeah. So I I go and I have I go to the thrift store buy like two dollars sh shirts with whatever money I have. Right. Because I'm going to this thing. It's two weeks two to three weeks out of the month that you go to the military bases to train the U.S. military, to train with the U.S. military. What happens is you prepare the U.S. Army what to expect back home. So they would have like fake explosions, training, like it, it's called rotation. Right. And that's what I did for three years. Wow. I would go, I would do that for two to three weeks, depends on the mission, and I would come back. And when I come back, I would do all the odd jobs the same again. And I would do that over and over and over and over and um, it was really cool. I actually have like a lot of certifications from like generals and colonels that how much we help people. In a way, you probably helped a lot of people. Like you probably helped 
save lives. I, I heard I heard from generals that this has changed like since the war stars and all that because I did it for like quite a bit. Right. And I climbed up the ranks. I was started as a role player, then I became a, a team play a team uh, t uh, team leader, then a uh, then a site manager assistant and a site manager and then I, I moved up the ranks wow. but as I was moving up the ranks I would come back I would I would have money saved so and it's not much money I'm telling you like I used to make like two grand three grand yeah, like, that's whatever. It. Like, it wasn't a lot of you money don't, when you don't have money two thousand dollars is a lot of money yeah so I would like be <laughs> I would go back to Arizona and I would go to the car auction and buy me $500 cars, $300 cars, and I would like fix it, paint it, run it back at the auction, wholesale cars at the auctions. And I kept losing. Yeah, that's a tough business, man. Well, it's like flipping houses. Yeah, it's a yeah, tough business. But the margins are, are so thin. Yeah, yeah, because it, it's cheaper cars yeah. than for a year and a half. And this was a blessing. And if you're in these shoes, that's what I say. I, my ignorance, I was so stupid that myself didn't tell myself. I didn't tell myself saying, hey, why are you doing this? You're losing money doing this. Like, you just quit. But because I was stupid, that I didn't ask myself that question. I just said, I'm going to keep doing it. There's no way I'm going to fail. If someone else, this is all I thought of. If I could do it, somebody, if, somebody, if somebody else can do it, I could do it. Yeah. And that was it. So eventually, after a year and a half, I, start, I, I was a bit profitable. And, uh, you know, that's, that was the... the kind of my my journey of being an entrepreneur then i opened up a retail lot uh in 2013 and uh, it's a small lot that can carry 20 cars maximum 25 cars if you put them like tetris yeah and um i forgot to even mention right before that i i was i saved up enough money to i i can buy a condo i bought a condo for fifteen thousand six hundred dollars wow it was burnt I didn't have money to repair it. I just bought it. Yeah. I just said, I'm going to buy something. And it's, it was $9,999. I bid and I bid again to, to get it with a realtor. And, but I ended up finding, the realtor wasn't really finding the deals for me because it's a, I'm looking for something so cheap. Yeah. Why is he, he, he shouldn't even waste time with right. me, right? But I'm grateful. And um, God bless me. I, I bought it. And guess what? I'm repairing it with whatever money I'm working. I can, you know, repair. Yeah. There's me and my dad are working on it. And there is a helper, the guy that's helping us. So the three of us are working on it. I get a call one day and uh, it's the HOA. Hey, this is Barb from the HOA. I'm like, hey. She's like, well, the, 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 you're the new owner of this condo. I'm like, yes. And I thought I did something wrong. I'm like, I'm, am I making too much noise here? Right. She's like, uh, actually, the, there was uh, there was some some funds for the for the for the you fire, sure and whatever you spend, uh, I, we can reimburse you some of that. I'm like, oh my god. Hit the jackpot. Like, anyway, mind you, I I didn't I spent I spent like, I don't know, like. 10, 15, I don't remember, 20 grand to fix it. But as I was fixing, I was getting it back. And that was, that was like what saved me, right? So now I have a condo that I'm renting. I rented that condo. And I was what, 18 years old, wow. 19, like I was young, maybe 20 years old. I don't even recall when, when it was finished. And at, in 2013, I'm still like working my butt off and hustling, not even thinking about the condo. I meet Carlos. He's, he's, what Carlos is doing is uh, he works at a third party motor vehicle. He was doing like title work. So he was visiting the dealerships to do a title like marketing for that company he was working with. He comes to, the, to our company, meets my guy that was working there. And then my guy tells me, he said, go meet this guy. So I was gone at the auction doing this. So I go and meet Carlos. And I'm like, you know, we became instantly friends. 
Well, Carl's back then flipping hats and this. I'm like, what are you doing? Flipping this disgusting hat and like clothing online. Everybody, that's back then when everybody's flipping clothes. Right. And I said, let's let me take you to the auction. Let's go to the auction. So I go to the auction. I'm like, I'm buying this car. I buy the car for $2,500. I'm like, pay for this car. He sold it like a couple of days later, two days later for five grand. Wow. I didn't even charge him the taxes on the car because I was so excited that he's, he's selling it, right? Yeah. So I'm like, man, let's do something together. Let's work. We thought about every single business but the real estate business. And I'm like, I have a condo. I'm going to sell it. I have money. I sold it. He had a house that he sold, paid off his credit cards. There was some of it left. I'm like, let's, let, Then he's like, let's do real estate. I'm like, yeah, that's a great idea. We never, we didn't even think about real estate. We were thinking about all these businesses, but real estate. And mind you, I have money that I, when I saw the condo for 80 grand or 86 right. grand, that's what I got money to start my real estate with. Wow. And that's what we, we flipped a house. Then we flipped a second house. And then we were fronting wholesale fees to other people. Bad move. Don't ever do it because oh, the house no. falls apart. We're fronting people. Right. And then we start marketing for our wholesale fees. We our wholesale deals. We got our first wholesale deal. Deal five five thousand dollar wholesale fee. Wow. Deal. And what year was that? Two thousand and fourteen. That's not even that far that long ago. Yeah. It's it's uh, it's amazing how 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 you guys have grown in in six years six seven years yeah you know uh, um it, it, because what you guys have built it takes a long time it, it, that, that just doesn't happen like that you know it, it it takes a lot of pretty sure you guys lost money on some deals and oh absolutely lessons learned and you know how to how not to do marketing you know how not to hire and and fired and and and, and all of those things right but you guys did it fast i mean in my opinion it uh, you fell forward pretty fast. We definitely fell forward. We've been blessed. I tell you, God has blessed us because we, we've we dodged a lot of bullets. If we lost, we lost very little. And if we made, we made it big. Yeah. We, so um, we're blessed today to, to run over 30 businesses. Wow. And, um, and we're running multiple, like eight figures. Yeah, there are, there, yeah. So, and then that's not, we're in multiple sectors. Now, 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 real estate is is a vehicle to produce money and a vehicle to save us money. Now, yes, I used to never dream of that. People think, oh, real estate is just like it's a money producing. It's not just money producing; it's saving me money. Like I use real estate as a as a tax hack tool, as well. That's that's what we're like legally. Yeah, yeah, it's. I mean, it's the it's the is the most the most legal way on how you can yeah, depreciating taxes, assets yeah much, you, you know? depreciate all the asset cost segregation it's it's been amazing um there's obviously multiple ways that that can save you but right uh, i mean this is this is where we're at today we wow, but the journey's into. amazing so you guys own 30 companies together um you guys have most of the services that that real estate investors need i know cold calling data uh, CRMs. Um, what else do I know? You guys have uh, a virtual assistance, um, mentorship. You do your events as well, and then you have your wholesaling business and and your uh, fix and flips. Because I know you guys are doing a lot of those. Yes. Uh, now, so wh wh what do you think was for in your opinion because I'm going to get three different opinions here and I know that you and Carlos are partners on yes on most of those businesses but Alex is kind of like partner on some of the business Alex is partner with us on like 90% of the business okay yeah um, but I knew that it wasn't across the board <clears throat> 100% yeah what do you think has been the key 
two, and I'm gonna segregate him in two sections in between you and Carlos's success. Like, how is it that both of you were able to achieve success together in your opinion? It's simple. We both have great work ethics. Like you can't, skill set comes in after work mm -hmm. ethics. Like if, if, if you don't know how to do something, you can figure it out. Yes. But if you're lazy, you're not going to figure it out. So 100%. that's, it's as simple as this. And my skill set offsets Carlos's skill set um, because I'm like the nerdy, the one that's like, I like to think like if there's a nice vision or a nice idea, I like to think 10, 20 years ahead. Yeah. How big? So I'm like a long, long, long term, long, long -term yeah. visionary. Um, and I'm like very organized, system oriented, like processes. And, and I think that helped us scale a lot. And Carlos is on the front end, the sales side, right? The relationship. That's why you never really see me online much mm -hmm. um, because I, I don't really care for it much. Right. Um, if anything, I'm like, you today you walked into the office you're like oh i'm interviewing alice you want to enter i'm like yeah. uh, let's, I'm, do it. I, let's do it yeah. sure so I, I don't really like go after these things because i know like my my zone of genius is is that right so and i think it was like a good nu nucleus uh reaction so where, i guess i guess uh on a nutshell it would be knowing what both of you were good at 100 percent Right. It was a good match. It's like partnership is a marriage. It's like a marriage. Yeah, so it is a marriage. We, you each, you know, you each play your part, and I think we played our part. Carlos would be the wife. I'm just kidding. Uh, oh, Carlos, <laughs> come on now. Uh, but, <laughs> but you funny. know, we play we play our part very well. That we know, like we can scale companies. Like I, I was just talking to Carlos. I'm like, in the future, I feel like we can literally, um, we can be parts of like hundreds of companies because in small minor partners because we can shift the way they operate even small and pop or big companies just shift the way they operate and we can quadruple their revenue based on the no the the things that we know we have like literally that was just talked about yeah it's like uh, the mcdonald's uh effect right yeah where this this other guy came in yeah disrupted their business yeah i mean he did it dirty he he got them out i got it but, yeah yeah but that that's ethics you know that, yeah, that's yeah. something else exactly. but the process yeah he's like guys why are you guys building burgers like this you guys should do it this other way yeah yeah and and he painted the whole thing in the floor where they how they moved around yep, and how they yep. put the burgers to and then he went as far as like okay this is really a real estate business that i need to get on my myself on yeah um but what you're talking about is systems and processes, which is like, okay, let me take a look inside of your business mm -hmm. as, a, as a, an advisor, I would say, right? Or like sitting on the board of companies and things. And this is how you guys should move forward. And yes, most people, when they build their businesses, um, they don't want to be their, they can't be their own critics. It's hard because you put so much love and effort into yeah, it. Yeah. Uh, but when you get somebody like yourself or whoever else is an advisor that understands how to grow businesses and scale them, <laughs> just making tweaks and peaks. Yeah. And well, we haven't done it yet. I mean, I don't know as to, to look. We never really approach other businesses But like I don't that. think it's crazy. I mean, I think it's, it's, uh, it's actually there was a company called Anderson Consulting years ago. Okay. That's what they did. That's all they did. That was they, their, they help small businesses grow bigger. and big businesses. Yeah. So like a huge like four corporation call me yeah. will come into Anderson Consulting and say, guys, I need to know where I need to save money. Anderson Consulting will go in there and do all the so and go through all the SOPs first. 
Yeah. All of them. Like they sit in every position mm-hmm. in the business to understand how they run it. Then they will go back, analyze it, put it together, saying, hmm, this needs to be done this different, this yep. needs to be done different. That's genius. And then they come in and they say, Okay, Mr. Ford, here it is. This is yeah. how you need to operate from yeah. now on. And boom, now Ford is more profitable than ever. They did that for I don't know if they still exist, mm-hmm. um, but I did have friends that worked in there years ago. Mm-hmm. And when they told me what they did, I, I didn't understand. I was like, why Why does this big, massive business need these guys? Yeah. And it's because these guys were objective 100%. Well, they, because you have a lot of visionaries and they're, they're dreamers. They want to get things done, but they just don't know how. Yeah. Like they know as much as they know, but you, you have all this experience and all these process. Because we, it's 2022. Yeah. People want to get that. Like a customer wants the best of the best of the best. What you know 10 years ago, it doesn't work today. And the people that did not evolve, they yeah. just got wiped out. Look Probably. at Toys R Us. Yeah, they get left out. Toys R Us got wiped out because they did not want to evolve. It's just naturally they got, you know, they dissolved. Somehow Best Buy keeps hanging in there. You know, they 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 adapted a little bit. I just don't see how... Well, they're in the technology business mostly. So, yeah. by, by nature, they have to have some processes, systems and processes. So, I'm, the people that survive today is the ones that have systems and processes. Yeah. If you don't have systems and processes, you're just going to be washed out of the, the, the business soon because... Or you're just going to be the bottleneck of the business. If if the business is working today and you're like, you're you're the hustler of the business, the business is only going to work as good as much of a hustler oh, as yeah. that you are. If you get sick, it stops. That's you don't it. have pro- systems and processes. You don't create this, this atmosphere. You don't create this feel of the business or, or the employee. Employees, where there is uh, the the customers feeling that everybody's going to abandon you. Do you guys use uh, use the EOS system, the uh, uh, the uh, VTO Vision Traction Organizer? So uh, you're talking about traction? Yeah, traction. Yeah, so I, I love the book Traction. Yes, absolutely. We use we use a lot of stuff from Traction. Okay. Um, I would say we have some uh, our own stuff because Traction, right. even though it's advanced, there's still some things that came after that. Yeah. And uh, yeah, if you don't, if you don't, I think you are just going to be wiped out. Mm-hmm. It's simple. Who, who does not want to track KPIs? If yeah. you don't, if you don't track KPIs, you're event, you're just a hobbyist at this point. That that are that's successful by luck. Man, and you'll be hustle. surprised how many people are out there like that. Well, yeah. It's, well, wholesaling is a very easy gig, right? It's, it's a concept. It's easy. You get a contract, you sell it, you make a wholesale fee. It's simple. So it doesn't take rocket science, but to scale it at a company level, you're in for a treat. Yes. And so the reason why they don't run like that because they got they got taste of that candy easily, but to scale it, that's when people hit the big like the. Ceiling is hit soon once they want to scale. It's like, oh, I want to go to the next market. Good luck. Yep. I want to do this. I want. To, I think I can do a million dollars. I can do ten million dollars. Yes, you can. With this way that you're doing it, good luck. Yeah. No, I was, no processes. I learned that from Sean Terry. Uh, I would say. 2016 maybe mm-hmm. I bought the 100k wholesaler program uh-huh. he had right and I was fixing and flipping at the time that was my whole thing fixing flips and I wanted to learn how to wholesale systematically like how is it that these guys do over 100 grand a month right on wholesale fees flips is different you know yeah, you yeah. do two of those and you yeah. so I bought the 100K wholesaler, which he mentioned today at the Go Giver Mastermind. I, I laugh because I, that's where I learned how to use the VTO. Yeah. And I've perfected that thing since then, I don't know how many times now, to where I catch, I know, I know when I'm going to have a dip. Like, okay, this next month is not going to be as great as the last month. And this is why we have a hole here that needs to be patched. 
or it needs to be replaced or it needs to be fixed. But it's because of those systems that I'm putting in place and I'm, I'm continuously, you know, uh, uh, revamping them as well because yep. marketing changes. Everything changes. Uh, everything. This business is so dynamic. It's unreal. It's crazy. It's not just this business, by the way. Every business. Believe it or not, it's every business, but we think it's this business because that, we're that's in That's what it. we're doing. Yes. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. You're right. 100% right. Yeah. Uh, 100%. Everything keeps moving and changing. And, yeah. and, and if you don't have systems and, and, and procedures like that, which is one thing I like about Momentum. When I came to Momentum, uh, you guys literally went through from A to Z on how you guys do the, uh, the whole, you know, model in, in your company. So, by the way, guys, if you guys are watching this uh, episode with our friend Sal, Shakir, you guys want to make sure you go to allinentrepreneurs.com. All in Nation, out, yes. All in Nations. Um, all in Nation and, and check out their events. They got Freedom coming up next year, uh, this year. Yeah, it's coming in May. May. Uh, we haven't announced it yet, so you're the first person to well, announce this. Th this will co be coming out in April sometime. So, okay, good. So, good. so it'll be right before that. Beautiful, yeah. Um, and, and guys, make sure you come to their events. The, I've been a pro in this business for quite a while now, and... Every time I come, I either learn something new, I either, you know, steal some of their hacks, because that's another thing. You guys are very open in how you guys do things, because you. you really want to help people. Absolutely. And the networking that you guys are going to do with the All In Nation, it's top notch. I've, I've not only made friends in your events. But I've made business associates now. I've had students from it because they need help on how to set a foundation on their Absolutely. business. And I mean, I I am a fan. I will continue to come to every single one of them that I can attend. Because uh, I know you guys did like th uh, two or three momentums last year, right? Yeah, we did. We did actually one virtual too. One virtual. Okay. Yeah, it was it was kind of unique. The virtual we did hybrid, like the VIPs were in here, right? And but the the. The rest were virtual. How so? Let's let's go to the events. Yeah. How do you guys get into today? Let's go throw an event. How did that idea come together? Oh man. Uh, so we went when we wanted to learn about real estate. No one gave us the time of the day. Hmm. There was one guy that did. He gave us ten minutes or fifteen minutes, and he was meeting some other people. He was meeting for the series. Like guys, I gotta go. And he turned back and went with the other guy. Like God bless him. He helped us. No one really helped us. But I'll tell you how how this happened. We went to um, we went to a mastermind, and. At that mastermind, we're talking, and we're, they're supposed to be the big dogs in the nation. And now we're like, well, we presented what we're, everybody got to present. Right. And we presented what we're doing. And I turned around, and I'm like, me and Carlos and I think Alex, too, and, and Jalen was, was with it back then, was doing wholesaling. Everybody was so impressed what we did. And we're like, we're supposed to be a small fish in here. There's, we're supposed to come and learn something. Yeah. And at that moment, we're like, you know what? You realize you were a bigger fish. We realize that what we're doing, nobody else. And these are like the big dogs. I'm talking about like the seven-figure, eight-figure. Right, right, right. Like wholesale companies. Yeah. Like $10 million plus. Right. And we're like, okay, maybe we have something to share with, with people. So we... Event we did the first event called All in REI event, wow. and uh, we were charging five grand a ticket. Wow! There is people now today that are coaches, 
that are like, well, I don't want to mention it, well renowned, they graduated that, which is now it's called All in Momentum. They right. graduated that type of event because we broke down the systems, the processes, what we, how we did, like kind of what you saw. Yeah. Imagine seeing that, what you just saw, like last year in Momentum, mm -hmm. seeing that in 2018. Yeah. No one was doing these things. No. Uh, when we first, like uh, the SMS to the marketplace, no one was, no one knew this. We were doing it for a year before anybody knew it. Then we, then we start telling people about it. Right. That is the kind of things that we're doing, where other people didn't. So we're seeing a massive, massive success at our events. And then we start doing freedom. Freedom event is a really low ticket item, like lower ticket. Like you can come in it's for networking. We had seven hundred fifty people last time we mm. did it, and man, it was a blast. It was a great event, man. I, I. Uh... I even I don't know if I told you or or Alex that that event to me looked more like a mastermind uh, because all the speakers number one uh, came to share experiences yeah right and that's what a mastermind is like it's like you share your experiences you share processes you know. just rubbing elbows to be honest sometimes I go to the mastermind I don't even want to hear what they're talking about I just want to meet some people there that I can collaborate with yeah. sorry I didn't mean to interrupt no, no, no. you but uh, yeah that's uh, literally what we're doing the, so it felt to me different I, you know I've been to other events and and the, I think Freedom was two or three days. I, I forgot. But I was here for like four, yeah. you know, all together because I came the VIP day. Yeah. And, and then when I see all the speakers go on stage, share what they did, and this is how I did it, and this is how you should be doing it or how you should approach it. Mm -hmm. And this uh, speaker after speaker after – I was like, man, this looks like a mastermind. <laughs> I don't think these guys are charging enough for this. It's my, <laughs> my, my train of thought. But, of course, you're going for, for a big audience, right? Yeah, it's yeah. 750 people. That's impressive. That's a, that's a lot We were limited because of that. The room – like we literally did the last event after the shut, before the shutdown. Uh, and we were super limited wow. with that space. We, we wanted to open more, but we, we did the rest all online wow yeah we did one in uh with i did it with a couple other guys back in 2019 called whole scaling live yeah and it was very similar model uh a lot of guys from phoenix went there and yeah, spoke yeah. at our event uh i i, I look crazy i didn't attend the event but <laughs> but i i heard a lot of great things about the speakers and mm -hmm. and our idea but at the time was wholesaling from a to z you know so we brought like the guys from Batch spoke about yeah. data, and mm -hmm. some other guys spoke about. I remember that event. Yeah, it was good. It was a good event. Um, but I was curious on how you guys got into events because I got into events like uh, through whole scaling life. Like, and then I, I had that that bug. I was like, man, I really want to do this, but I want to do it. I really want to give back, and so I, I do events because I like to give back. Yes, uh, I do this podcast because I like to empower other people to go after, you know, guys. You guys are from any other countries. I mean, Sal had you had all the odds stacked against you back then, right? You're coming here in in uh, United States. I don't know if you spoke English or not, but you know, I'm very, 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 very broken. If if and a lot of words, of course, I didn't know it. Of course, and, but it, but it's like, and and then you you know. But it's, I see it also on a lot of the immigrants is the hustle, man. They, we come from other. I'm an immigrant as well, even though I was born here. I, I was raised in Venezuela, and I outwork my team like literally. I'm and I lead by example, you know. I lead by example, and 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 then I see that 
in a lot of parts in the in the country, people are just getting complacent. They're 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 getting complacent. They're getting um, lazy. Lazy. You can say, say it. I I just did a, an episode about this, and man, uh, we're getting really lazy. Americans are unfortunately getting really lazy. Entitled entitlement is big. You got team members saying that they want to make more money than the owners, and they feel it and they, they do bare minimum work, and that's why we're like that's why you went upstairs. I told you we're tying up ship. Yeah, we're we're keeping a core team in the United States, and the rest are all virtual, because unfortunately the virtuals the the virtual VAs are working harder than our team members, and they appreciate the opportunity. They're they're not they're not ungrateful. They're super grateful. No, they appreciate the opportunity. Yeah. You know how many emails I get. Or messages from my VA, from my I don't even like calling them VAs because they're team members. They're my team members. Yeah, you know, and and uh, like one of them just got a good bonus, right? Pay her the bonus. Most of them are females. I don't know why, but they're they're, they're <laughs> freaking like they're rock stars. Yeah. And she sends me a message said, "Oh my God, thank you so much for this. You have no idea how much this is helping my family this month. They really appreciate, you know." And I'm like. Let's do more of that. That way, you make a lot more money. You know. And well, now they're driven so they're they're so driven versus somebody that is not a pre. If somebody doesn't appreciate what they get paid, and it's not people are conforming to this. You know, people are getting paid for just sitting at home nowadays. Yeah. So it's, it's you know people are just conforming to the condition that they're in today, and you know they're not gonna put put that much effort or that drive is just not there. That there's no fire. You know, it's almost like you learn something new and you're like, oh, my God, I learned that this hack. I want to I want to take over the world with that. But that's not the, that's the opposite. If you're we're conforming as as Americans to this, it's normal not to work. It's normal to get paid for to get rewarded for not doing much. It's normal uh, because we're entitled. We become entitled. And, and unfortunately, if that continues to grow, which I think it will, um, you're going to see a huge gap separation in between rich people and poor people because the middle income class, they're going to just become poor if they apply those principles. There's no... There's barriers, yeah. There, you know, the, and then guys like us that we put in the work, we put in the time, we, we put in the education, mm -hmm. you know, we invest in networking, traveling, mm -hmm. masterminds, and trial and error. Trying to grow, to grow, always. We're growing, right? Then we become the 1%, right? And and then, you know, this entitlement, you know, anyhow, that we, we can probably, I don't even want to talk more I about I want to that. talk to the audience. That, Listen, man, or female or male. Like if you're, if you want to make it, just know that you're in the best time to make it, especially in real estate. Real estate has been the hottest commodity today because everything is, crypto is, is up and down. Everything else is up and down. The one thing that has continued to, to bless everybody is real estate. Actually, institutional buyers are buying more than ever because they want to, at one point, own every single uh -huh. rental home. So a house that's probably 300K, it's going to be a commodity to even own. You can't own it. You have to rent it. So you're in a good place. Just put in the time, put in the work, and eventually you'll figure it out or it's going to work in your favor. You're going to fail forward, but trust me, your odds are a lot better than a lot of people because now it's so much easier to succeed than before because a lot of the drive to a lot of people has went down. So if you're feeling like you're stuck, if you're feeling like this is the end of the line, don't because you got someone like me or like Ricardo that are practically immigrants and we have the odds against us that are making decent living and we employ a lot of people 
you can do it too. I never thought in a million years I can employ two people. Man, or neither. one person I, I didn't even know I was employable at that, you know for many years but um, but yeah and we do we do generate a lot of employment now and we're generating both of us are generating a lot of employment overseas unfortunately yes because the workforce here is not willing to do what they need to do I'm talking about people are making 22 23 25 dollars 30 dollars an hour sometimes even more and that's just hourly that's besides the salaries some people are making I have team members are making over a quarter million dollars and they're still not happy they say i want to make a million dollars in a year that's fine but why does it have to be in a year like that is that like your position i can replace your position for an eighty thousand dollar position like, why, why are they not happy is it fulfillment I, I, I that's not my place to right. ask anymore my place is to 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 create an opportunity to replace that there is a budget and that, that's that's the the visor we've been on for the past six months now well so no longer that uh we're trying to fit in the end obviously we fit in their individual like goals and whatnot right but if they're unrealistic uh entitled yeah, goals, they're, they're, they're out no they have it's, sim it's simply out yeah, because the core values are not aligning anymore yeah i i the, my my i shouldn't worry myself that how much money you're making their position is allowing you to make this much then you apply to it if not if you think you want to make two million dollars three million dollars the door is the door is open hey, go. i'm just not i'm not gonna i'm not gonna try to cater to that go be us yeah that's it right hey, yeah go, go Go do this on your own. Yeah, exactly. There, nothing is stopping anybody exactly. from building an organization like this. Absolutely. Go through all the trials and errors. Go put your money on the line. Put your time on the line. Risk it. Uh, risk it. Yep. Right? Sal, thank you so much, man. This thank is you, This is a great interview, guys. Um, I love your closing statement. Um, and, guys, I want to invite you to to the Real Estate Entrepreneurs Event and Mastermind, which is Attend Growth, May 27th, 28th. I think Sal may be showing up. God willing. So it's right after our freedom. Yeah. I usually take a trip after this big event. If I'm not taking a trip, I'm coming there. Let, 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 we'll, we'll confirm that. But, hey, make sure you go on uh, allinnation.com and check out Freedom, Momentum, and all the other programs they have. They have programs to train acquisitions people. Uh, you guys have skip tracing companies and many services that they offer in the industry that many of my friends use as well. Um, and I want to invite you to go check them out. So we'll see you on the next one. Thank you so much for tuning in. Bye.